Now that spring camp is over, Lincoln Riley finally got something off his chest. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are always free, and I always appreciate your support. If you haven't become a subscriber yet, it's really easy. See that subscribe button right there on YouTube? Click it instantly. Boom, you're done. You like the episode? Hit that thumbs up. And because Locked on USC comes at you five times a week, Hit that bell notification button, and that way you will never miss an episode of Locked On USC. Your first listen every single day. This episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on today to get started. Look, I don't know whether it was a direct shot at the Clay Helton era or not. But the message was loud, and it was clear, and anybody who heard it knew exactly what Lincoln Riley was talking about. Quote, spring camp is when players knock the hell out of each other because competing in full pads when the NCAA rules allow is the only way a team can get better at playing football, Lincoln Riley said. So, he also went on to talk about why his team is uh, having um, more success in year two spring camp versus year one. Quote, less install, less teaching, everything from day one. Uh, he used Kobe, uh, Jacoby Covington as an example. He wasn't even at spring camp last year. But at this point, at this time, you know, when during spring camp, even when it ended, they were still teaching them you know, the base concepts, like not just the playbook, but how to practice. I mean, yeah, they were hitting, but, and they were competing every day, but in year two, that message didn't have to be conveyed. The players knew this is what it's all about. There wasn't any more of that, oh, things have changed. And that's really the difference between the two coaches. So that was pretty much the post-game fireworks as far as, you know, if anything was involved. Uh, that was, to me, the most uh, catching quote from Lincoln Riley. And any one of the uh, 25,000 who were in attendance, which, by the way, was 8,000 less than Lincoln Riley's first year, um, and there was probably less than half that number even that we're able to watch it on the Pac-12 network because nobody gets the Pac-12 network. But for those who got to watch the game, they saw that it took only three plays for Caleb Williams to deliver two perfect passes and a USC touchdown. So despite um, the defense being giving the defense being given an additional three points to start. Originally, they were going to be given 21 points on the scoreboard. They started off leading 24-0. But with a minute 10 off of the off the clock, the score was already 24-7. to This is how quickly it went. First play, 
uh, Caleb Williams threw a perfect dime uh, to Brendan Rice, who then ran past everyone and kind of ran through some people uh, on his way for 45 yards. And then two plays later, uh, a perfect strike into the corner of the end zone to Mario Williams. And that was it for Caleb Williams. That was his day. Two pass attempts, one touchdown. And uh, so besides coaching up the offense from the sidelines, the only other time uh, anybody got to see Caleb that, on Saturday was when he received his Heisman Trophy at halftime. And I got to be honest with you, I thought that was a wasted marketing opportunity for USC. Uh, but that's a story for, uh, for another time. Uh, if it was me, I would have had Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush, and I would have been unveiling those numbers back there in the peristyle. Anyways, back to the game. Since this was the end of spring, we're going to have, and I'm going to have plenty of time over these next next week, two weeks, uh, to kind of break things down in depth. But for now, here are just my initial reactions because we don't have enough time to do it all in 30 minutes or less. So here we go. Offensively, I get it. Deja vu, Trojan defense gave up big plays and scores. So here, look, would it have felt any different if, the offense took six or eight plays to score. They were going to score. And I get it. Uh, maybe you wanted to see a little bit more Caleb Williams. He's good. And so are his wide receivers and running backs. We got to see a lot more of. Uh, the offensive line showed some signs. Uh, but they were also having a tough time keeping uh, Miller Moss, Malachi Nelson, Jake Jensen uh, comfortable in the pocket. Uh, they were taken off running more often than I'm sure uh, the coaching staff would have liked. So it was probably best that Caleb left early. And as Riley said um, after the game, you know, Caleb, he's, he's played a lot of football. My job is to look at it and see what we can get the most out of today. He's talking about the spring game. I don't know that playing two or three more series changes anything for Caleb in September, October, or November later this year and he's absolutely correct so as far as you know as big as that demarcation line is between caleb and miller moss and it's not tremendous but there's a that demarcation line is the difference between caleb williams and every quarterback in college football uh, but the line the, the gap is even bigger between miller moss and malachi nelson um, the quarterbacks had their moments but it was obvious uh, that Nelson is still learning that he can't do what he did in high school at this level. He's got a ways to go. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, Miller Moss had some great throws. And he was even more effective when the wide receivers were holding on to the ball. Uh, the offense was moving itself um, until, again, you know, some drops and the defense stepped up on occasion. So... As far as the receivers, Brendan Rice had the big catch from Caleb. Um, Zachariah Branch is featured. Uh, he showed off more than just his finesse. He's got some strength. He caught a, an off-balance Shane Lee with a straight arm. And uh, Shane Lee ended up on the ground. Caught everybody's attention. Although, um, just to uh, kind of get back with the defense, Jalen Smith got his revenge on... Uh, on Zachariah later in the game with a ragdoll type of tackle. So Zachariah, he's small and slight. He's small in stature, 
So there will be times where he's thrown to the ground like Jalen Smith took advantage of. But don't under, do, do not underestimate Zachariah Branch. He's got strength. The wide receivers, you know, they put up over 300 yards through the air combined. The running backs uh, added about 170 yards on the ground. Um, oh, by the way, quarterbacks, Miller Moss, he's got some wheels. He took off on one run, and I think it caught everybody by surprise. I was waiting for him to do that Kenny Pickett stick leg and keep going. But, uh, yeah, maybe in the season. We'll see. Um, as far as the running backs, though, I thought they looked great. All of them. Talented group. And the freshmen, yeah. Uh, between the two, Quentin Joyner and Amari and Peterson, Joyner had the bigger of the days. Uh, just under 100 yards. And he, you know, he's going to be good. He he, uh, he 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 may attack a Curtis Miss, and he may attack a Curtis Miss badly. But um, Marion Peterson, he had one run when he, between the tackles, where he used those Lendell White little pitter-patter feet, and then he went from first gear to third gear. There is no second gear. He burst through the hole. It was an impressive, impressive run. And then Marshawn Lloyd. Okay. So for those of you who were at the Coliseum, you might have seen it on the on the big board. You had the uh, House of Victory promotional video. Marshawn Lloyd was in there. And it, there was kind of a, a theme going throughout. Um, when I think of victory, I think of, and then it was kind of dot, dot, dot type of thing. Marshawn Lloyd said, when I think of victory, I think of Reggie. He was talking about Reggie Bush. Well, later in the game, Marshawn Lloyd was impersonating Reggie Bush with uh, a run. Remember that run he had against uh, Fresno State? That cut back from the sideline at midfield? Wasn't quite exactly, but it was close. USC fans have a lot to be excited about with the running back group. Uh, the O-line, look, they opened the holes for the run game, but they also left some holes open for the defense uh, to get through. It, I counted at least four sacks. And that was pretty much, if you got a hand on the quarterback, you got a sack. Off the record, I had a player tell me that they need help at the left tackle spot. And he was also very bummed that Cortland Ford jumped into the transfer portal. When the time is right, I'll break that down. That's why you come to Locked on USC for your listen. Uh, because I talk to players, I talk to coaches, and as well as other sources that others out there who have shows can't. And I will have the inside scoop for you on what's going on with Portland Ford, why he's leaving, when the time is right. I can already tell you that um, Kentucky, Ohio State, TCU, and there's one other uh, big-time program that are showing big-time interest. So we'll see what happens there. As far as who who are the stars for the offense, well, obviously Caleb Williams, perfect two for two. The running backs, uh, the wide receivers had some nice moments, including um, Mario Rio's, Mario Rio, Rio Williams' touchdown pull. Uh, I loved Rayleigh Brown's wrestling match with Damani Jackson. And then, obviously, you had Zachariah Branch's coming out party. 
So <clears throat> a lot to see, a lot to be excited about on offense. But, you know, if, if that was Zachariah's coming out party, did the defense have their own coming out party? Did they kind of undress the offense in front of everyone? <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, we're going to talk about in the next segment. But first, we're going to talk about grand slams and no hitters and double plays because they're back. And there's no better place to get in on Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right, because right now, new customers, you can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You know, the Dodgers are off to a rough start. They just lost two out of three to the Chicago Cubs at home. Hopefully, uh, we'll get things figured out. But at FanDuel, you can bet on everything from who has the most strikeouts, who's going to hit the most home runs. I mean, literally, don't miss on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official sport, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Once again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. And you everydayers, you viewers, listeners who check out Locked On USC five times a week, tomorrow on the show, we're going to look at more spring game stuff. All right. I believe that the USC defense won the spring game. The scoreboard says so, 42 to 34. And that happened after Jacoby Covington clinched the game with an interception. Remember, the defense scores three points uh, when they get a fourth down stop or when they collect a turnover. Okay, they had a pretty good day. There were, uh, they had their highlights, they had some lowlights. Uh, obviously, the low light was watching the first team defense uh, get shredded for an easy score right off the bat. However, we also got to see a much improved defense, despite some of the missed tackles and some of the miscommunication in the secondary. Uh, you you were able to see incremental improvement in the defense. Tell me, you weren't excited when you saw Mason Cobb running step for step laterally with the speedy Taj Washington on a crossing route. You weren't able to see that last year. That's what Mason Cobb brings to the table. And let me ask you this. If you weren't smiling, let me, in fact, let me just tell you this. If you weren't smiling all afternoon watching Solomon Tuliapupu do his thing, then we can't be friends and I will meet you behind the backstop after the show and we're going to talk about it. Or what's the new thing? I'll meet you at the bike racks. For you younger guys, the backstops. I don't know, do they still have backstops for PE at elementary schools? You know, where you, where you play kickball? Member barriers. Here we go. Um, but as I mentioned, the defense was spotted 24 points. But after they gave up those that quick seven in the beginning, uh, they kind of tightened up and they showed their potential. 
remember, potential for USC's defense in 2023 is just getting off the field without giving up points every possession, especially late in games. I, I think you're going to see that in this year. There's better depth across the board, defensive line, linebacker, as well as in the secondary, especially at cornerback. I would still call this defense opportunistic. I mean, they had three interceptions. They should have had four had Damani Jackson uh, attacked the ball in the air. Um, they also forced and recovered a fumble. I mentioned, I think they had like three, at least three or four sacks. Um, I thought the D-line performed well. Uh, Dejon Benton was actually making sure everybody was in the right spot, calling out calling out the plays, um, making sure everybody was shifting uh, at the right time. You didn't hear or really see a lot from Corey Foreman. However, he did have two and a half tackles. No one on the defense had more than three. Uh, one player who kind of stuck out in my mind, I mentioned, I already mentioned Solo. He was the defensive player of the game. Well, he'll share that with Jacoby Covington. But Jack Sullivan, another uh, defensive lineman who transferred in from Purdue, he's strong. Um, there was one play where Quentin Joyner, he was just about to get to the second level, and Jack Sullivan kind of just grabbed him, wrapped him up, stopped him at the point, play was over. They both stood up. <laughs> Nobody hit the ground. But it kind of just showed his strength that he was able just to stop a, a guy in, in motion who had, you know, Joyner, he, he's not a small guy, but it was an impressive play. Okay, what if I told you that Colin Mobley had more tackles than Anthony Lucas in the spring game by a half a tackle? Anthony Lucas was credited with zero. So the defense, the defensive line, the rush ends, still a work in progress. But you could see they were making a difference. Um, they, they just look so much better. Uh, mostly because, you know, as I mentioned, Solo was creating a lot of havoc. Jamil Muhammad, uh, who was playing Russian, he was exercising his athleticism. He actually created the fumble that Max Williams later finally recovered. Uh, if, I don't know about you guys, but I'm old enough to remember Benny Hill. And if you know the Benny Hill theme music, that's what was going off in my head as uh, the ball was being kicked around before Max finally fell on it. Um, kind of a funny moment. The crowd was uh, like, oh. Anyways, as far as the linebackers, uh, Mason Cobb, with Mason Cobb, that group is going to be significantly better. Um, as, and once Gentry is healthy and ready to join the fray, uh, the depth is going to improve as well as the uh, that group's abilities to make plays. I am going on record. Your starting linebackers are going to be Mason Cobb in the middle, Eric Gentry, or maybe maybe you put Gentry in the middle and you put Mason Cobb inside. Um, but you've got more depth. I spoke about Mason Cobb and his lateral speed earlier. Uh, 
I mentioned Zachariah Branch and finding Shane Lee, and Shane Lee found out how strong Branch can be. Look, Shane Lee was off balance. He was kind of on one leg when when Zach put the forearm into him. Still, Shane will remember that, and I don't think that'll happen to him again. Um, nothing extraordinary from the linebacker group. I mean, Tack Curtis, I think, is going to learn that not every tackle has to be a kill shot. Uh, he'll learn. He's coming along. I mentioned the secondary. They came away with three interceptions, including the game winner that happened in the end zone from Jacoby Covington. Uh, he had two. Uh, the first one he had to fight for in the end zone in the first half, and it was given to him reluctantly <laughs> from Lincoln Riley. And it was funny. We, act, we, we asked Dorian Singer about it after the game, and uh, he, he said he had no comment. So they were competing. And like I said, I mentioned uh, Damani Jackson should have had four. He and uh, Covington are big and they're physical. That was the biggest thing I took away from Damani. He he wraps up and had almost, they were four perfect tackles. Christian Roland Wallace, he didn't even play, uh, but the room is deep. And despite, you know, even Sia Wright, he, he was being picked on. Uh, he had two pass interference penalties, but he actually got, he came along as the game, game went along. He had two tackles. He had, a, he also had a pass breakup in the game. And I'm not sure quite how I feel about the safety play yet. I'm going to go back and watch a little bit more film, but I saw some good. I saw some bad. I loved Christian Pierce's interception, but you know, what sticks out on me Right now is I, I saw Shaw with his back to the ball on that uh, touchdown to Mario Williams. And then uh, Caleb Bullock, he was also late getting over uh, on that on that deep throw to Brendan Rice. So look, it's it's spring and there's there's gonna no, there is going to be more transfer portal movement coming and going. As as far as coming. Uh, the defense, if this happens, the defense is going to be better immediately. Bear Alexander, defensive tackle, put himself in the transfer portal, University of Georgia. He is a missing piece to the playoff puzzle for USC. Period. As far as special teams, nothing happened. It was a couple of walkthroughs. And all we got to see were fair catches. So nothing to report there. I will tell you, Dennis Lynch connected on both of his field goal attempts for 45 and 43 yards. But other than that, nada, nothing else to talk about. And then penalties, four on the offense, three on the defense. Uh, two of them were an uh, illegal procedure. I, all three might have been, actually. And then uh, two of the four on offense, on excuse me, two of the three on defense were the uh, pass interference. I think all three were pass interference as well, to be, to be honest with you. Uh, what Lincoln Riley said, I think even though, even those of you who, that were at the game, here at the game last year before, it may be tougher to tell from the stands, but the body types, the size, especially at the line of scrimmage, has, has some of the competitive depth at a lot of the positions, and it's very different in a very positive way. 
We're very excited about that. It's been a really nice spring. This is a great way to finish it off. Obviously, this team has a lot of work in front of us and that we have a lot to get better at. Overall, hey, we had a fun day, a really, really fun day, competitive day. And I told the team that was a very fitting end to our spring because I would say that in a lot of ways, that's kind of what our spring has looked like in terms of the kind of competition down to the wire. Most of the days have been like that. Looking back, some of the better teams that I've had the chance to be a part of, that's what it's like the majority of the time. Every day was a battle. So was that your impression coming off the spring game? Was it a battle? I think so. It was competitive. It was physical. Players were having fun. And you can see that they are closer to being a, they're not a championship level team yet, but they're closer. And if they can add another piece of the puzzle, like a Bear Alexander, we saw how close they were last year. All right. Where does the team go from here now? Spring camp is over. They're they're off basically for the next month. And, you know, they're going to have some lifting sessions and workouts. Uh, but the team is pretty much off until Memorial Day. They're on their own. The D-line has to get better inside. They showed improvement. Go get Bear Alexander. Uh, He had a couple of, I I think he had a couple of sacks in the national championship game. Yeah. He's a difference maker. His people were also at the spring game. And I have to believe he knows he's a day one starter if he comes to USC. Uh, But I have no hard facts but I know the staff is looking at the portal for another offensive lineman or two. Whether that's a result of Portland Ford leaving, maybe. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, um, off the record from one player, there's a little concern right now. But they have talent, they have depth, they've got the high school recruiting class coming in. I'm not sure how fast they can get Elijah Page, who played a lot in the spring game at at offensive tackle. Um, But what I saw on Saturday, this is their starting offensive line left to right. They had Michael Tarquin at left tackle, Gino Quinones left guard, Justin Dietrich at center, Jarrett Kingston at right guard, and Jonah Monheim at right tackle. Is that going to be your starting five come fall? I doubt it. We know that Ethan White is anticipated to show up. What that's all about. We know that uh, he's still anticipated. There's some smoke out there. I'm not saying he's not coming. I don't want anybody to take the, hey, Mark over at Locked on USC said he's not coming. Never made that claim. Just saying there's some concern. There's some smoke billowing. I will keep you updated. And then... um, Overall, as far as the defense, overall, the tackling, they still need, it still needs to be cleaned up. But, you know, again, we saw a much better effort this year versus last year. 
I, I think they're going to get there. I really do. And again, I'm hearing some, you know, there's some players out there in the transfer portal that could be on the way. I've mentioned one name specifically. There might be another one or two. All right. I, I, I know people think I can be negative sometimes. I'm going to end the show on a negative note. Not about the team. Look, spring camp is already over. And everyone, you had one chance to see the team this year. And Caleb Williams before fall. And 8,000 less of you showed up this year compared to year one. And you had a Heisman Trophy ceremony being, you had Caleb Williams being presented his Heisman at halftime. Look, the season's going to be here before you know it. So make sure you don't let this special time, this, this season, do not let it pass you by. Very rarely do you get a generational talent on your team. You have one. Show more support for your program. Get out there even for spring camp. All right. That's it. That's as negative as I'm going to be. I was just disappointed uh, in how many fans did not show up. I thought there would be closer to 35,000. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Well, excuse me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I should know better. I really should. But I, it's spring, and I just hope for the best for this team and for the fans. So, anyways, once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. And don't forget, our next episode tomorrow, because we come at you five times a week, I'm going to be breaking down more spring game stuff, get a little bit more in-depth. So, until then, everyone, you know what to do. <laughs>